Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, October 29th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. A Washington University cybersecurity expert says there will be an increased focus on cybersecurity following the recent discovery of a flaw on a state website that exposed the personal information of thousands of workers. My sense is that at the state level, most states, if not all states, are going to have some level of resources dedicated to this. Where the real issue is, is in municipal and county government. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg will have more in just a few minutes. Missouri Governor Mike Parson is refusing to help enforce President Joe Biden's federal coronavirus vaccine mandate in some limited cases. Parson has issued an executive order banning his administration from enforcing the regulations when individuals refuse COVID-19 vaccination for religious or medical reasons. The mandate says companies with at least 100 employees must require workers to be vaccinated or undergo weekly testing. A vaccine mandate for federal contractors goes into effect in December and does not have a testing option. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt announced this week he plans to sue the federal government over the mandate, calling it an example of federal overreach. Nearly twice as many people in St. Louis County are getting a COVID-19 booster shot than those who are receiving their first or second doses of the vaccine. Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services information shows boosters started outpacing first or second shots in the county late last month. St. Louis County Deputy Health Director Spring Schmidt. We've been concerned for some time at the slowing rate of initiation of vaccination. We have continued to heavily focus on our community engagement efforts, specifically in communities of color and other populations About 11,000 people in the city of St. Louis have received a booster in the last month, while nearly 12,000 got their first or second dose. The state of Missouri is changing its certification process for substitute teachers. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports, it's part of an effort to address a huge staff shortage. The Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education is allowing prospective substitutes to take a 20-hour online certification course. That's a change from the 60 hours of college credit the state used to require. The state tried this last year, and school administrators were happy with the substitutes they hired, according to Paul Katnick, an assistant commissioner in the education department. They said, we've hired these folks, we would hire them again. Uh, They've come in and done a really good job for us. In some instances, they're even better prepared than folks we were getting with 60 semester hours. Katnick says so far, 200 people have started the online training. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis residents vow to continue fighting developer Paul McKee's decision to name a new medical facility, Homer G. Phillips Hospital. Community leaders invited McKee to a meeting this week to discuss the name he did not attend. Longtime Ville resident Sheila Steed says using the name of the large hospital that provided medical care to the black community during segregation is like stealing history. My thing is if they take our history, our young people will be growing up and being confused about what Homer G. Phillips really stood for. The new hospital's board says there are no plans to re-examine the name.
The discovery of security flaws on the Missouri Education Department website has prompted Governor Mike Parson to launch a criminal investigation into a journalist and others involved in finding the problem. The personal information of thousands of workers was left vulnerable. A reporter from the Post-Dispatch discovered the issue and the newspaper alerted government officials before running the story. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg spoke with Washington University Cybersecurity Strategic Initiative Director Joe Scherer about government cybersecurity and the vulnerability of the website. It was a bit of a nothing burger, in my view. The uh, reporter went through just steps that anyone in the public could have taken and found the uh, exposed information. I wouldn't call it a breach by any stretch of the imagination. It was just a, more of a data exposure related to really, I would call poor coding and quality assurance processes. And it's not just the state of Missouri that has this issue. It's practically every organization in the world has this problem. So does this cause concern about possibly other vulnerabilities in the security of Missouri-run sites? Immediately after uh, the event, they went through and they did a check of all their web, their public-facing websites. And I would be pretty confident that they, they thought if there were any other incidences of this type of thing, uh, that they were able to correct it. Looking at this particular instance that happened in, in Missouri, this vulnerability that was found, you know, could it have led to something larger if it hadn't been found earlier? Kind of, do you think this is just an isolated incident? You know, what are some consequences that maybe could have happened from it? Well, the biggest thing that resulted as a result of this attack was the uh, personally identifiable information that was exposed. So if I were a teacher, uh, that, that would make me very uncomfortable, if not angry. Some of my personally identifiable information, social security number or whatnot, was out there, addresses. Uh, that's not a good thing. And, and uh, in, in fact, governments and organizations are required to protect that. So uh, it's a matter of having a strategy where you're protecting what I call the crown jewels. And do you think that this is kind of maybe a sign for Missouri to reevaluate how it builds its pages or, you know, kind of it's kind of a reckoning moment in a way? There's never a bad time to do it. The good time to do it is when something like this happens. And is this a larger problem beyond Missouri? You know, are states doing enough to protect themselves from vulnerabilities like this? My sense is that at the state level, most states, if not all states, are going to have some level of resources dedicated to this. Where the real issue is, is in municipal and county governments, where there are not enough, where there are much fewer resources involved, where it's very difficult to, you know, you, you just don't have the, you, you don't have the dollars available to be able to invest, uh, invest in it. And also it's very difficult to hire people in. So what can be done policy-wise then to kind of help prevent this? Well, it's a matter of priorities. So Board of Aldermen and commissioners, uh, they get elected on a, an agenda, you know, normally high up on those are public security, basic services. How often does cybersecurity get prioritized as, as part of uh, an issue that, that voters are concerned about? So unless and until voters decide that cybersecurity is a priority, it's going to be very difficult for elected officials to be able to allocate resources to do it. Even even despite that challenge, the rule of thumb is if you have an IT budget, let's say of a million dollars, 10% of that should be allocated to cybersecurity. 
that's a decision that could be made at, say, the city manager level or at a policy level that just, in, in my view, is, is uh, it's table stakes and it's absolutely the responsible thing for any official to be doing. That was Washington University Cybersecurity Strategic Initiative Director Joe Scherer speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.